Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Corcoran Entertainment Show. I'm your host, Frankie Corcoran, and we're here coming at you today with a very special episode of the show today. Uh, we are going to be doing our uh, Death Cost Dearly Insiders podcast. So, um, first off, I just want to uh, take a moment here and say uh, to each and every one of you who came out and uh, supported us, came everyone who came out and... Uh, just and spread the word and uh just 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 for being just su- supportive theater patrons we really really appreciate you um your support ha- has not gone unnoticed uh we're still um we're recording this the day after uh the show after closing night and uh we're still kind of in awe of just how it went and uh really it, it it's all thanks to you guys and uh for for um just just being so supportive like i said i mean like uh one of the reasons uh or one one of the best parts about theater for me is just uh you know you work so hard to see it um in this case uh you know it's you 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 work so hard to write it uh writing a script is not easy um so that's one thing that's like the first job like right off the bat to get done uh and then all, and then putting it together, casting your folks, uh, rehearsing it. We've been rehearsing this since January, and uh, here we are now. And uh, just ev- now, everyone's seen it, and uh, the compliments and the reviews have just been uh, very touching. So thank you all so much for your su- support and uh, continued support. We still continue to get rave reviews, and uh, yeah. So let, let today we're just gonna talk about it. So uh, today I will be joined by uh, some of the cast of the of the show. We're gonna be uh, providing a little bit of an insider scoop uh, on the play. Uh, for those of you who uh, watched it, you will know uh, what scenes we're talking about and uh for those of you who who listen to the podcast but you didn't get to see the show uh but uh after the intro here i'm going to recap the show um if you guys ever watch that guy on youtube uh the man of recaps watch him if you ever want uh to get caught up on an entire uh tv show or a uh or just refresh your brain before watching a new movie or something uh, that comes out or a new season of a tv show that's the guy to watch so this recap that i made somewhat inspired by him uh just basically just summarizing the uh the entire play in like two three minutes so I'll try. I'll try my best anyway, and uh, give a couple director's thoughts, and uh, then afterwards we'll jump right into the uh, cast. So, uh, yep. So feel free. Uh, you know, enjoy the show, guys. Kick your feet back up, relax. If you're driving, uh, just uh, watch the road while you're driving. This will be a long episode, but uh, very excited to have the the uh, you know all my amazing actors on here. So uh, without further ado, guys, here it is. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Corkin Entertainment Show. I am your host, Frankie Corkin, back again for our Insiders Podcast for Death Cost Dearly. Uh, Before we uh, jump into our uh, guests, uh, as I mentioned before, um, some of you who listen to the podcast on a regular basis, maybe you weren't around to see the show, um, but... uh, feel free to watch the episode anyway. I'm going to recap the show for you. Uh, not sure how much better uh, it, it, it'll be. It's de- definitely, you will definitely have wanted to watch the show at, 
in order to to uh, to to uh, fully appreciate the um uh you know the 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 uh, uh insider scoop that we're going to be uh uh delving into here uh, for you but anyways so feel free to stick around uh, if you want. Uh, it's almost like listening to a uh, insider's episode of a TV show that you don't watch or something, or a movie review, a full-length spoiler review of a movie that, that you haven't watched. But don't let that turn you away. Definitely feel free to uh, stick around and uh, listen to the episode. So, uh, so death caused dearly, as you guys know, it's a murder mystery uh, that I wrote back in uh, 2020, which uh, back when my playwriting uh, ventures first began. And uh, at the time, I had no idea when I was going to stage it. I, I started writing it at a time where we still couldn't do theater. Uh, Corkin Entertainment didn't even exist. It was just, uh, you know, just writing plays to just, you know, if I can't act in plays, we can't have crowds, then what else am I going to do with my time? Um, I said, let's, I said, how about I just write some plays? So I, this was probably, uh, no, this was the second one I wrote. Sorry, yeah, this was the second play I wrote. Um Revised it and tweaked it over the years. Uh, 2021, uh, around the summertime, about a year later, uh, I I um, I met virtually with uh, Paul Pedito, who you guys know, uh, who was my uh, writing instructor, who's been on the podcast twice now. Shout out to you, Paul. Um, he uh, we we had a nice uh, two-hour conversation. I sent him the script with with notes through his services at a script Gods Must Die, and uh, he was able we were able to get it whipped into shape with some of his advice and tweaks and suggestions and uh so and then 2021 uh, um i spent some time on and off with it you know you get busy with other projects and uh eventually uh 2022 i think it was sometime early 2022 when uh covid was bad again uh some of my shows were pushed and i said okay well here i am uh we're back to square one so i spent some time uh, getting it into uh the best shape i could and then uh i didn't so even then, I still had no idea when I was going to do it, and eventually, it was uh, around December, because, of course, we did Ameripsy Christmas in November, um, we we are doing a musical in June, uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, of course, which you guys will know now by the time it's released, it's public knowledge that we're doing Tick, Tick, Boom, very, very excited, um, but because we're doing it in June, I said... Um, the theater nerd, the theater um, uh, a buff that I am, I don't want to wait uh, from, you know, November all the way to the spring to have to do something. I said, I want to do something in between. You know, the process was just taking a lot longer. The people I wanted, I want to make sure that they're around. And so I said, let's just do another play. So I went right to Death Cost Dearly. Uh, of course, this was right around the time when um, Glass Onion was released, and that just further fueled my, uh, my desires to do it. So I said, yep, yeah, we're doing it. Uh, tweaked the script a little bit, just, uh, you know, just some final polishes, just because I'm real, I'm real, um, you guys might not know that, but me, I'm so picky when it comes to um, uh, uh, script writing and just uh, uh, production in general. I'm like, no, 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 like I want to switch this right here. I don't like this line. I don't like that line. I don't like how they say this right here. So uh, that's just my picky self uh, tearing my script apart. <laughs> so got it into the shape I wanted it in and uh, yep and so we began rehearsals in January and here we are now so it's it's crazy how fast time flies so enough of that of the history now uh, time to recap so 
Death costs dearly. Uh, the play follows the Bartlets. The, the, the patriarch is a lawyer named Cliff who is celebrating his 60th birthday. His party guests include his wife Linda, daughter Julia, maid Renata, barber Evangeline, competitor Nicholas, and Dr. Gilbert. Cliff and Linda also work for a drug operation led by a man named Dante Ross. At the start of the play, at the dinner, Cliff receives a threatening phone call and drops dead of a sudden heart attack in front of his guests. Two days later, homicide detectives John Rennie and rookie officer Dwight Wachtell are there to investigate as the heart attack was caused by fentanyl poisoning. The suspects have intriguing pasts. Uh, Renata was a drug user. Uh, Gilbert's practice was struggling due to his son's death. Nicholas was at odds with Cliff once, and Evangeline supposedly murdered her husband. <gasps> After the interrogations, Rennie wants to question Julia, but Linda says, hey, we're not suspects in this. Just find out who killed my husband. Meanwhile, Dante Ross is at his plumbing shop when his henchman Holt reveals that John Rennie is investigating his associate's death. Uh, it turns out that Dante and Rennie have a history. We also find out that Gilbert's failing practice was saved by Cliff and Linda borrowing money from Dante but refused to pay him back. Dante meets with Linda as she finally pays him back but Dante's like no 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 we're not done here yet. He's in the middle of a gang war and wants to ensure that Rennie and his homicide goons stay away and wants Linda to help or else he'll kill her and Julia. Uh, back at the Bartlett's, Dwight arrives to question Julia, but it turns out these two had a romance for three years before Dwight suddenly left her for unknown reasons and he continues to refuse to explain himself. Linda walks in on them and scares the living shit out of Dwight so bad that he runs out, causing Linda to freak out and tell Julia to stay away from Dwight. Meanwhile, Nicholas and Evangeline discuss a fundraiser in Cliff's memory when Rennie comes to question Nicholas. Rennie discovered that when Evangeline was on trial for supposedly killing her husband, her lawyer was actually employed by Nicholas's firm, raising Rennie's suspicions over the two of them. Later at Rennie's office, Dwight confesses the truth about being with Julia and reveals he left her because he discovered what Linda was doing but broke some laws in order to do so. So Linda blackmailed him to say, leave Julia alone and I won't expose you. We then learn that Rennie and Dante are at odds with each other because Dante killed uh, Rennie's best friend and partner, Rich Gallagher, and got off scot-free. Act 1 ends with Rennie and Dwight ready to gather evidence to take down Linda and Dante. That's the end of Act 1. Act 2 opens with a flashback of uh, Cliff and Dante meeting to discuss the money that Cliff refused to pay back. In the present, the roles have been switched and Linda is meeting with Dante. With the gang war successfully pulled off, Dante pays Linda and agrees to help her find Cliff's killer. So he pays a visit to Dr. Gilbert. He's number one on Linda's radar, so she sent him there first. When Gilbert refuses to talk, BAM! Dante murders his receptionist in cold blood and gets him to spill his guts. But before Gilbert can say anything, the scene ends. Dwight, having followed Linda and Dante and witnessed everything that happened in the last two scenes, aside from the murder, informs Rennie and crafts a theory that Linda killed Cliff. <gasps> They're in the process of telling Julia the truth when Linda comes in midway through and ends up confessing to her misdeeds, but insists that she did not kill Cliff. Rennie puts a plan into motion. First, he has Ju Linda spill the means on Dante's dealers and has Julia set up in a hotel to keep her away from all the chaos about to ensue, and they also call Renata in to work. Uh, Linda and Julia have one final moment together, but Julia is ice cold towards her mother. So Rennie has a plan. What is it? We're going to find out. Meanwhile, Nicholas and Evangeline are having coffee at Nicholas's office. Evangeline is nervous about Rennie and essentially confesses to Nicholas that she did in fact murder her husband, but is just like, hey, it was a long time ago, no big deal. Suddenly, they received a mysterious phone call from somebody with a muffled voice threatening to expose him at the Bartlett's house. They run to investigate what's happening at the Bartlett's. Gilbert arrives to see Linda, who is demanding for closure for Cliff's death, but before Gilbert can say anything, Dante and Holt barge in. The police and DEA are all over Cliff. Uh, 
Dante's operation because of a mole in their operation, and Dante demands Linda tell him what happened. Uh, when she doesn't, uh, Holt shoots Renata dead, but eventually does and admits to betraying Dante. Dante then decides to tell Linda what he learned about Cliff's death when suddenly, bam, bam, lights go out, assault rifles and pistols fire in every direction. When the lights are up, Holt and Dr. Gilbert are dead and Dante is shot and injured. Uh, Rennie and Dwight running quickly and Rennie and Dante have a long overdue confrontation that, confrontation that ends abruptly when Linda kills Dante. Evangeline and Nicholas run in after the mysterious call. Dante takes them all to a hotel for the night, and Rennie arrests Linda, but informs her, I think I found your husband. It's killer. And so, uh, we are now into the uh, final scene. The next day, Rennie and Dwight gather Evangeline, Nicholas, and Julia back at the house. Rennie delivers the big, classic murder mystery, putting it together speech. It turns out, it wasn't Dr. Gilbert, but it was Nicholas Carmichael who murdered Cliff. Yes, that's right. Nicholas knew for years that Cliff was corrupt and manipulated the doctor into getting him the capsules and the fentanyl and snuck in to switch them out. The night they received the phone call at Nicholas's office, it was revealed to be Rennie, disguising his voice and to see which of the suspects would crack under pressure. He was parked outside, uh, him and Dwight were parked outside, watched Nicholas sneak into the baby barn and grab uh, an assault rifle from the hidden weapons cache that he knew about, fell right into Rennie's trap, and while there were no physical evidence that he could have switched out Cliff's pills, they are able to prove that he murdered the doctor in cold blood. So, Nicholas is arrested, uh, Rennie and Evangeline say their goodbyes to Julia, who decides to leave to New York the following morning with her mother in jail and her father dead. She takes the Bartlett family photo, remembering her father's advice to not let family drag you down as they are bad for you. Julia burns the photo, puts her family behind her, and that is where Death Cost Dearly ends. Holy shit, wow. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I had a fear at one point. I said, holy shit. I said, if that wasn't recording, I was going to like, yeah, that's it. I'm not doing this episode. <laughs> I legit don't know what I would have done. I just did all of that. I wrote all of that and then said it and then I if that wasn't recording I'd be like oh my god I don't know what to do but <clears throat> thankfully it is um so yeah so that's a recap that's a little bit of the history now uh so yeah that's crazy that's crazy like now that I'm saying that I'm like it's all done we did it uh here we are wow I still can't get over that so uh, stay tuned there guys coming up we have uh, Reg Saunders who plays uh, Rennie, uh, Annika Fournier who played Evangeline Rogers John Kingston who played Nicholas Carmichael Neil Wallace who played Cliff Bartlett, Naomi Wallace who played Julia Bartlett and Ethan Butler who played Dwight Wachtel, they will be coming up here shortly after this small little break, stay tuned Welcome back to the Corcoran Entertainment Show. I'm your host, Frankie Corcoran, and uh, today uh, I am now joined by six of the cast members right here. So um, this is video, so you guys can't see where I'm pointing, but I'm just going to go just to who's closest on my screen. Uh, first off, we have the victim, the man who uh, is the reason that that uh, the story exists because he drops dead at the start of the show. Uh, Cliff himself, Neil Wallace. Hello. Uh, be below him is uh, his real life daughter, uh, which actually a friend of mine too said, they said, that's his real daughter. I was like, oh yeah. And they were like, oh my God, I had no idea. Like, that's so awesome. Uh, uh, Julia Bartlett, Naomi Wallace. Hey. 
Uh, below me, we have the uh, detective himself, uh, the man whose face was plastered all over the Miramichi on, with posters, uh, John Rennie himself, Reg Saunders. Thank you all for coming on such short notice. Of course. <laughs> what is this about exactly? <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. I'm, I'm, guys, we're, we're, we're forgetting our lines now. Guys, someone's blanking. <laughs> Uh, and then beside me, we have uh, the supposed husband killer, but it was a long time ago, so it's no big deal. Uh, Annika Fournier, who played Evangeline Rogers. It didn't matter at all. It, it, was, it was whatever. It was 10 years ago. Who gives a shit, you know? Uh, below her, we have uh, Rookie and uh, the ex-lover. Uh, <laughs> or the, the ex, I'll just say the ex. Uh, Dwight Wachtel, Ethan Butler. Uh, uh, hi, hi. Why do you ask what you're doing on this podcast? I didn't invite you on. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. And then he just exits. <laughs> yeah. And then last but not least, we have the killer whose screen he keeps entering the multiverse. Like literally John's screen turns <laughs> green and it turns blue. It turns all, all these. I don't know what's up with your webcam, but anyway, it's fine. It's yeah, audio. Everyone so. goes onto his thing too. Hey, everybody. Yeah, so yes, Nicholas Carmichael, John Kingston. So, um, John, I want to start with you just real quickly. Um, I mentioned this at the end of the show. You basically had the hardest job in having to uh, trick the audience for two hours. And and I think we did our jobs when, uh, you know, lots of people and, and, and I take that as the highest compliment when I say that, like, oh, nobody knew that it was you. Like, nobody knew who the killer was. So what's it like now? Like, you've had to keep the secret for, like, three months now. Like, how does it feel you can finally, like, say to your parents, yeah, I'm the killer? Like, how does it feel? Well, it was pretty fun. Like, I asked my brothers who didn't see the show. I was like, hey, want to guess who the murderer was? They're like, you? Yeah. And they didn't even see the show. Like... <laughs> well i mean the fact that i asked the question they're like oh yeah it must be john well they probably knew too did you have a feel well because uh i can't remember john where you still because remember i did this thing at our first read through back in january i'm like uh like when when you guys would ask uh could i see the scripts because i, I, I want to read the scripts uh and i said okay i can give you the first act but i want to see everyone's reaction to who the killer is at the read through did you guess yeah. you correctly i can't remember who you guessed now I correctly guess it was Nicholas. I, I just had that gut feeling. It's like, yeah, it's totally me. <laughs> no reason. It's just, yeah, yeah. Frank, Frankie just take takes me as this, uh, this, this, uh, cold blooded killer. Yeah, it's fine. You know, that's you know, no big deal. No, no big deal at all. But you did your job. You fooled the audience for two hours, and uh, I think everybody was really surprised. Uh, but you, you know, John, you like the character seems so innocent, and then at the end, it's like, oh, he just manipulated everybody. So, hats off to you, man, for a great uh performance. And uh, so for the sleuth who cracked the case, uh, Detective Rennie. Uh, what was your reaction to upon like, uh, so you all read it the same way where, um, I only gave you the first act, but I didn't give you the second act until the read through. What was your reaction? Were you shocked whenever you found out that it was John or? Well, yeah, cause I didn't expect him. I expected that it was the maid or the butler. You know, I thought it was a little bit more old fashioned, but no, it was very up to date, modern piece of writing. Right. Because I, I mean, I recall being on stage and when I turned to John, 
John on the stage and just paused for a moment and just kind of smiled at him and went, yeah, it's you. (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. That was good. And Reg, you had like, uh, which I had no idea. I mean, like Reg, we, we've talked about this before on the podcast when you were here, of course, for Mary Christmas. You said this in all the years you've done theater, this was the biggest role you've ever done. And I, I had no idea. What was it like see, seeing the lines and going, holy shit, I have a lot of lines as opposed to now where, where the show is done. It was a success. And is there like all this weight off your shoulders now? Like, how does it feel? Well, the... After the first month, I think I woke up and went, holy fuck, there's a whole lot of lines here, right? Feel free to swear, it's okay. (laughs) Oh, I can't tarnish me in this image. But there was a ton of lines to learn, right? And then it's like, oh, God, you got to learn these, right? There's no no way around it. You just got to learn them as best you can. I'm curious too, because of course you've directed plays, you've you 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 you've done lots of directing in it. What's it like now when you're the actor and you're like, oh my god, like I'm telling, <laughs> I I've been telling people to learn their lines, and now oh, I have to learn my lines. Like how does like, oh my god, I don't do the warm ups, I don't do the breathing, I don't do the movement exercises, I don't do, I did very little of it. I mean, I I may have been backstage deep breathing, but I think I was hyperventilating at some points, like the rest of them. Right, <laughs> I think he's still hyperventilating, <laughs> and the show's been over already for twenty four hours. Literally twenty four hours. Uh, uh, this time yesterday, we were on stage already. But it's, it's uh, I got up this morning going, oh, remember that line? Oh, that was funny. Ha ha ha! Right, it's, uh, and then uh, thinking where the audience laughed last night as opposed to how where they laughed on Friday night, which is interesting, right? And the crowds listen when they get real quiet; they're listening. And that's what they did last night. And that's what you like. You could be, <laughs> that's what you want because uh, sometimes you're like, oh, they're quiet because uh, like, like what? They don't, they, they're bored or, or, or like, like what's going on? And then uh, I peeked out, I peeked out a couple times as best I could. And I see some of them, they're just, they're trying to see, I'm like, oh, so that that's perfect. They're invested. I said, that's it. I was like, it was, it seemed too quiet there at some points. And then once they'd start laughing, it would be kind of like, oh, but speaking of the laughing, um, <laughs> uh, Annie, one of the lines that got the biggest laugh was of course, uh, your line that I mentioned, uh, of course, Evangeline's backstory was that she supposedly murdered her husband. I like to leave it, you know, a little bit of, uh, ambiguity in there. Although in my mind, she did kill her. Or, or kill him sorry she kill her um <laughs> and, it might be a trail we don't know <laughs> there might be you never <laughs> you never know you never know um so um that got a big laugh of course like just yeah even even if i did murder my husband it was a long time ago how do you view evangeline like i'm curious to see like uh, do you see her as just this sociopathic like just person like 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 how do you see her now because of course she has multiple different like facades at the very end of the play i'm gonna miss you julia when she's leaving julia and then yeah yeah i murdered my husband it's okay it was a long time ago how do you view her now i think i'm still as confused by evangeline as i was at the start because she really does feel like three people put together and i didn't mean to like put that on to her i meant to keep her very like have a continuous characteristic throughout her her herself but it was more so 
at the start when she was with a friend she was she was calm she was happy to be there she was loving the 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 company of her friends and then as the mystery went on she was she was just incredibly nervous she got lost in a stutter she was paranoid at every single detail that had to do with the murder or the uh, detectives coming to question her or trying to convict her for something that this time she didn't do <laughs> but we didn't figure out the last time um and then yeah like you said at the very end she's like I, she's loving and almost I almost pictured to be her to be like almost like an aunt to Julia maybe mm-hmm. like I almost said motherly but I feel like that's a touchy subject with the Bartlett's, so we won't we won't do that right now. But it was very like come it was, there was a big camarad camaraderie, sorry, between them. So it was a very different personality whenever Evangeline was on stage. For the majority, yes, paranoid, but there was more so. I won't say, I, I in my brain I'm trying to say find a different word for stable, but she was calm and collected when she was around people that she felt safe and connected with so it was weird to it was weird to have the three different personalities come through at different times and I really don't know which one of hers was real and which one was not I think the anxiety inside of her was very very real I would be very paranoid I think this will make me look bad. I didn't do anything, I promise. But I, <laughs> I feel like if I killed my husband 10 some years ago and nobody found out that it was me, the killer, but I'm just living my life and having my days go on carefree because nobody found out it was me, I'd be looking over my shoulder as well, even even if the smallest thing were to happen. Like, oh, there's a cop down the road. It's going to be me next. So I tried to put that into her every every word. But it was different whenever she was around her other people. And I, I found that to be much more like the usual roles that I have when there are people who I care about or people who my character has a connection with or a relationship with. You know, be closer to them. Show that you show the emotion of I like you. I'm safe with you. I'm comfortable with you. And when you're not there, then it's a shit show. No, exactly. Like there's so uh, uh, one thing that I wanted to make sure, you know, especially if, if you're doing a murder mystery, there has to be a, a like a, mo- a, a possible motive for everybody. Like, OK, Evangeline did commit murder once, supposedly. Uh, so it shows that she is capable of murder and mm-hmm. she's very anxious. So is she anxious because she killed Cliff? Is she anxious because she killed her husband? Is she anxious because she killed both? You know, so that's kind of uh, so that's kind of where those suspicions lie like okay that you know she's she's obviously one of the suspects and as Renny mm-hmm. says you were number one on my radar just i could <laughs> i could tell you were like hiding three something. quarters of a show yeah Rennie's and then like, eventually and yeah eventually. he's like yeah eventually yeah oh i, I mean i mean he's kind of like okay like true like i can't use your past against you i mean sure whether you get did kill him or not that might uh remain a mystery but mm-hmm. do i have evidence to prove it the case was uh dismissed you know it's okay you didn't kill cliff then uh because well at that time he already knew who killed him 
Um, uh, speaking of uh, killing Cliff, we have Cliff himself here. Uh, Neil, you had the easiest job uh, 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 during the whole show. How did it feel? Uh, I always love working with Neil. Neil's always a blast to work with. And uh, I felt so bad for uh, having you die in the very first scene. But uh, just having you on board anyway was just was just amazing. So thank you for agreeing to at least just come on, even if it was to die. Uh, what was what was it like when you went when 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 um, you knew that you were you were going to be the victim? Uh, were you thinking like like who 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 were you thinking did it? Especially as we were going through the read through, did you have any suspicions or? I seem to recall I didn't. No, I had no idea who it was at all. Lots of people see, uh, see, seem to think it was your daughter. There were he, she got quite a she got quite a few votes. Yeah, I saw that. Uh-huh. I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> what was your opinion? Um, I uh, so, some of my friends. Uh, I had a buddy of mine call me this morning. Actually, uh, shout out to you, Kyle. Yeah. Um. Uh, by the way, if you're listening to this, he said I thought the dude killed himself. He said I thought it was a slow motion suicide, and he said I was so certain because then, of course, um we have the flashback in act two he didn't know it It was a flashback to start and he said that fucker faked his death he said that's what he told me he said that uh, that motherfucker uh, faked his death uh, uh, and so uh what did you get many of those ideas where people were saying oh like baby did uh like uh, i thought you killed yourself like uh did many people say that to you or no no don't think anyone said that to me at all no. Oh wow! Like that—that's yeah. one thing that. Uh, well, because remember, of course, we did the uh, who done it boxes, and and the first thing Neil said was, "Well, I guess we can rule myself out." Yep. <laughs> I was like, "Well, there was the slow motion suicide thing, though, too." So mm. there is that, uh, but obviously, it didn't end up going down that way. That 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 it could have been a cool option, actually. Um, mm. But um, as far as the show goes, I felt guilty because I had so little to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my only problem was the phone call at the very beginning. Because I just have difficulty with that. You're having this conversation with someone uh, who isn't there and making sure you get it in the right order. That was the only thing that played on my mind for the whole thing, getting that that phone call right, because I had so little else. And then I was nervous because yeah. I'm watching on the monitor and my monitor, because yeah. uh, like the mod- like uh, on, on, on my webcam was so bad quality. So I'm looking, I'm like, He's moving his hand. I said, is he going to answer it? Do I stop it? Do I stop it now? So I stopped it. No, no, he didn't answer yet. No, no, shit, 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 shit. So I go back. I'm like, okay, he answered it. Okay. Yes, because I made that mistake. I said to you, didn't I, on the first night, I meant to get check with you. Are you watching me so you know when I'm answering the phone? Or is the phone going to ring three times? And then we go from there. And we never had that conversation. And I was thinking, well, do I hit the button or not? Is it going to start stop ringing or what? Like, I was just like, it, I'm going to hit the button. <laughs> I was like, just, it's entirely up to you. I said, the second you press that button, I said, I'll stop it. So that was definitely, <laughs> that was so funny just going through that. I was like, oh my God. I said, I said, I said first, I just had to make sure that I hit it right. Like, you know, so that was the main thing. Um, so um, Naomi, I did mention before that, of course, we had uh, the big uh, theory that you were the one who did it. Uh you got a lot of votes, actually. I was very surprised that you got lots of votes. And uh, Paul Pedito, if you're listening to this as well, um, uh, my, my mentor, you thought it was Julie as well. You're like, there's no effing way that she doesn't know what he, what, uh, like, she's like, she can't be that stupid. She has to know. Like, come on. She said she's just too innocent. Is that the vibe that you had with her? Yeah, for sure. I think she was really innocent. I mean, she grew a lot throughout the show. 
like at the very very beginning it's like this very sweet innocent like dad are you okay like I love you dad kind of vibe and then closer to the end she's like slapping people she's burning family pictures like Julia just went through something just crazy she just grew so much throughout the show so yeah very innocent at the beginning but at the end you never know like if the murder had happened at the end of the show after everything happened you never know maybe Julia did it but I'm so glad you brought up the slap. John, can you talk about that for just a quick second? First night she went for it. Uh, is your face still hurting? or? No, my face feels fine. But <laughs> I remember opening night, I was like, holy shit. my Holy fuck, that was hard. So did you know she was going to hit you that hard? Or was it just a, it just happened? Like, I knew she was going to hit me, but I didn't think it would be that hard. I was like, oh I didn't my God. know I was going to hit him that hard. <laughs> Well, yeah, I was, I like, like, I wasn't even what, like, um, I mean, I knew the slap was coming, but I was kind of like, yeah, I think she's gonna slap it. And then I was just sitting there backstage. I didn't even look out. I just heard, like, it was just like a, like a firecracker. I was like, holy, I said, she slapped him. I said, holy shit. She, she actually went for it. I said, oh my God, I could, I, I, I could not believe it, but you just gave, and you're right, Julia, like, like, like uh, by the end of the play is just she's just so done now. Like she's, uh, uh, you know, caring and all that, uh, dad, are you okay? Her dad's dead. She's crying at the very end. She's burning the photo. Let's go of her family. Where do you see Julia now? Now that she's in New York, do you think she stays in New York? Do you think she comes home? Oh, I don't know. I feel like maybe Julia would take Linda's position. Like she would come back home and like continue the, I don't know if that's another sequel that you want to write story or something but I feel like Julia she's gone through so much that she like isn't out of the dark yet you know she has like a a, a character building moment after the show even happens maybe death cost dearly is actually uh, a story being told by Julia and maybe it ended with Julia and that's the story of my parent oh my gosh she's Every time these guys bring up sequel ideas, I'm like, don't say too much because I got late. Like, if you, it, it might start off as a joke, and then next thing you know, I'll walk up to you as, with a script that says, like, I don't know, like, uh, Death Cost Dearly 2, Julia's Revenge, or something. And I'm like, yeah, well, you asked it, remember? And so Naomi's face was like, wait, what? That's happening? <laughs> well, we had Orange is the new Linda. I don't know if I can say that. Like, <laughs> or was it Linda is the new Black or Orange? Oh, no, Orange is the new Linda. Orange yeah. is the new Linda. Because we had that one idea about uh, Patty coming on uh, for the bow wearing the orange jumpsuit. I'm like, that. How, how funny would that have been? And then I said, that will tease the sequel, Orange is the New Linda, with Linda just surviving in prison. Um, so now, of course, we, we have the uh, rookie detective, uh, Dwight. Uh, so Dwight, uh, there's definitely, he's a complex character in the sense where, of course, like... Um, you know, he broke some rules to find out what Linda and Cliff were doing. Uh, and then he he lied to Rennie. He kept secrets from him to, uh, to uh, keep Julia safe. Do you think, uh, um, do you think um, uh, by the end of the show, like how, like, like, how would you compare Dwight's from where Dwight starts at the at the start of the show as as opposed to the end where he, you know, he does his first arrest he finally, you know, confesses the truth about Linda. Now, and she, now she's gone. How would you compare? I mean, like, how would you describe his story, especially since you played him for, you know, three months now? Well, two months, but oh, two months. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yep. sorry. <laughs> um, 
I think that at the beginning he was very nervous and panicky, and then eventually, after he got over like the big hump with fixing things with Julia, he kind of like got a bit less scared of Linda. And when he exposed, like, when he started telling Julia about the uh, drug operation, then he kind of, like, broke that fear of Linda. And by the end of the play, he's, like, almost fearless. Yeah, exactly. Well, because even when, when, when Linda walks in, as Julia, uh, you're telling Julia... And uh, uh, she's just like, hey, what's going on here? And you're just not even like, like a few scenes ago, Dwight probably would have got up and left or something. But now he's like, no, no. He said, I'm not going to live my life in fear of you. Like he's making a stand. Uh, Rennie or Reg, whatever your name is. I, I do that a lot. I call the actors names by their characters name. Like, How many times have I called Patty Linda? I call, I, I'm like, so Linda, you do this. And she's like, are you talking to me? Or are you talking to someone else named Linda? Like I, I do that all the time. Um, how would you compare? Because of course we have this the uh the story with uh Rennie, uh his partner Rich uh Gallagher of 37 years was killed, and now he has taken on this new rookie. How would you describe uh, I mean, like you know, this big transition for Rennie, partner and best friend of 37 years, now he's with uh, you know a rookie? Like, what do you think that whole uh relationship started off as? Because of course he's been on the job for one year. Like, what uh how would you describe their dynamic, especially as the show uh, went on well <clears throat> i think because the, the rennie is the head detective so he has to show role he's the role model for for dwight so he has to show him the ropes so to speak and and i think the, the detective basically is a very honest man and when he hears about dwight being deceitful to him it upsets him right because he's shown Dwight that, you know, you got to come across, you got to have truth and honesty. Um, and I think it's, it digs at him a little bit because his partner is gone five years now. It's not as, as, as the wound is not as open as it once was, but, uh, and I think Rene tries to remember what it was like when he was on the, the force as well, but 40 years in the force really Ooh, you think of that, that's a lifetime, 40 years? Like, you've seen a lot of shit. <laughs> like that one line, wait 40 more years, you won't believe the shit you see. That gets a laugh every time. <laughs> yeah, and it's and people can relate to that in their own lives, whether you're a, a cashier or, you know, like a teacher or whatever it is. 40 years of doing the job that you were doing, yeah, you see a lot. You see a lot, you put up with a lot. And uh, like for Dwight, uh, like like uh, Rennie's like, oh, just wait. Like, you know, 40 years from now, you're going to be in the exact same position as me. And it's all tough love. Like he's mad at him because, uh, 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 you know, this is your job now. But do you think there's almost like he he understands why he lied to him? Like, uh, do you think he was still mad or what do you think? Well, there is that line. He says, uh, I never expected this. How could you do this to me? We're partners. You're supposed to tell me everything, and I'll tell you everything. We got to be like this, right? You're a team because you were relying on this person to back you up and to shoot the bad man down if he's pointing a gun at me, right? So you're re you got to rely on each other, and that that was a little bit of a that that hurt I think John a lot. 
No, oh, 100%. Like, that is kind of a big uh, betrayal. Well, you know, truth and honesty is a big part of the job. Um, and, of course, one big thing that happens with Rennie at the end is, uh, you know, how do you think he feels at the end? Of course, he says, you know, I, f- I feel guilty about what happened to Renata and uh, Gilbert because... Uh, a lot of the murder mysteries I've seen, like, you know, the detectives are very, like, they follow the rules, they do this and that. But with Rennie, when it came down to taking in the guy who killed his partner, like, what uh, in his mind, like, uh, do you think uh, it was justified, like, justice was served? Like, do you think, like, ha- how do you think he moves past that? The part where, you mean just in that space of time where Dante, wait, he had to wait the five years? No, well, uh, well, well, well. Actually, uh, at, at uh, the end, when uh, he sets up the whole ambush, Dante gets killed, and uh, Renata gets killed, Gilbert gets killed. Do you think, like, how do you think he uh, recovers from that? I mean, especially, you know, he got uh, Renata killed, who was, you know, she, 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 she had drug issues, but I mean, of course, she moved past it. How do you think he uh, moves past that, if at all? Probably, probably with with most people, they have some sort of addiction. Right, it's either alcohol or drugs. I think maybe Rennie drinks somewhat, right? Because it's he's a hard ticket. Part of him is a hard ticket, and you know you can only do so much with counseling. And life, life throws shit at you, like he says. So I think he's he's he handles it through enough counseling from work. I think he does that because he's like he's about good and evil, good and bad. Like the good have to triumph. And I think that toll takes a, that takes a toll on everyone. Oh, 100%. Like, you know, 40 years on the job, you won't believe the shit you see. And yeah, you're not wrong. And look what happened to Evangeline 10 years since her husband died. That took a toll on her. Then, then Dwight, his toll is that he had a 40 year, he had a relationship, but Julian had to give it up because of the two faced bitch. Right. And then there's, (laughs) then there's John's character. Who, who Nicholas? Hey, oh, he's a, he's just a crazy fucker. Right? He's just out to get, get revenge any way he can from that old bugger who screwed him. And then there's the, you know, like everybody <laughs> has it. Like nobody's nobody's out of the woods. Like everyone's got motive. Everybody's got something. Like, uh, and I remember you mentioned uh, Reg too, and, the, and and it's interesting. Like I'd love to hear um, uh, John and uh, Annie, like your perspective. The tension, the the romance, uh, like like was there something going on between <laughs> Evangeline and Nicholas? Like in your mind, like yeah, see see John, yeah. <laughs> Reg is like, oh, there, there had to have been. Of course, jo- uh, Nicholas is happily married, but I mean, uh, you know, for him, like this guy's willing to kill somebody. So to him, to him, cheating on his wife is nothing, <laughs> kind of thing. So, uh, Annie, uh, where did you stand on that? Like, did you sense there was something, like you know, some type of so, some type of romantic bond, like Nicholas, like liked her in some way, or uh, where did you stand on that? It, it's a very uh, interesting take that I never really thought of. I think. I think for majority of the show, I don't think that there was any show of anything romantic. I don't think that there was more than just a, you know, a a trusting friendship there. But then there was that one line in in our second scene at the, at the, um, at the law office where Evangeline says, oh, maybe we should have met up at a coffee shop. And then he's like, yeah, we should have or something like that and then I ask him about his wife oh he says I'm glad I make you feel comfortable and then I ask him about his wife and how she's doing 
I think that's the only glimpse of something else happening. I know for me personally, I, I made Evangeline more paranoid about the case and about what was going to happen and what was currently in the process of happening rather than, I, I guess, I didn't read fully into the character enough to, to build that relationship between Nicholas and Evangeline. But um, based on just those two lines, I could definitely feel like for the first part of the show, trusting friendship, all good. We'll have each other's back. For those two lines, it could have read into something much more different happening for sure. Absolutely. No, definitely. John, uh, where do you stand on that? Do you think there was some some type of romantic bond forming there? Or or uh, was it just friendship? Or was Nicholas doing what he does best and just manipulating the whole situation? Well, he might have just wanted to get in her pants. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> he's a scumbag he, he 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 is a scumbag the dude the dude committed murder before so you know like what you know <laughs> yeah cheating it's like all... cheating on a math test in kindergarten or something yeah to him it's nothing it's like it's like dante with killing it's just like you know it just it's like killing a fly you just do it and move on um nicholas will just do bad things manipulate people and just move on like that's nicholas is the master manipulator that's how he was able to get the doctor on his side um so i'll go through ha ha there i'll go through uh each is here just you know like we worked so hard for the show it's been uh crazy uh, a few months also uh neil i'll start with you uh what has been uh the best part of this experience uh as a whole with the show and uh yeah just feel free to just uh talk about your favorite part and be honest it's okay you know i won't be offended if you didn't like the experience <laughs> that's a big question <laughs> well i like the whole thing <laughs> Yeah, I really do. I like the whole thing. Um, oh, I can't really pick anyone out. <laughs> God. It's like having 12 kids and you can't decide which is your favorite. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. There were so many interactions. Yeah. You, you, you stumped me there. Oh, there. Well, there. That's good then. So, the, so Neil's oh. is the entire play. Naomi, yeah. how about you? Um. I was like thinking about it before. I think it was every time we rehearsed me and Patty, the scene where I like find out everything about my parents. And every time we would rehearse that, she would turn to me and she'd go, uh, Julia, when Dwight broke up with you, would I just burst out laughing? Like I couldn't, she would just look at me. Like, I don't know what it was, but I, I just couldn't keep a straight face. So like I ended up, I couldn't even look at her in the eyes. Um, but on stage, I think my favorite was when I slapped John and I didn't mean to slap him so hard. And um, and then the cuffs like weren't working. And that entire scene on the first night, the last scene, just was like <laughs> like a roller coaster of unfortunate events, basically. And I was just like on stage trying not to laugh. It's like don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh, look angry, don't laugh. Those are my favorite moments. And that's all you can do. That's all you can do. Yeah. Just hope for the best. Uh, Reg, how about you? Well, I was thinking about it, and I wrote some notes down. And first stuff that comes to my mind is that the teamwork that's involved, right? 
and getting to know people and, and getting this work done because we, we have a goal and everybody is joining in to have the goal. What I would like to do more of though is to get to know more about people when you're when you when you know your cast members better, you seem to have a better or a tighter uh, group that you you feel more confident with them. You can depend on them. It's just like being in the army. You only depend on the person who's next to you who can come and rescue you, like some of the folks that rescued me. Um, word line wise, anyway, I was also thinking about um, how, let's see, how it's inspired me to do more in theater because I came on board uh, again, lacking a lot of self confidence that I had as a, a younger man, uh, self confidence and the self esteem. So that has greatly improved. Since this since this production, um, I you know, and it's 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 amazing as well because as 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 we all know, Jamie Lee Curtis won. You know, she's sixty four years old, but the same age. Michelle Yeoh, she won as well. Senior senior actresses and senior actors winning all over the place, and so as a senior actor as well, it makes me feel great that I could actually remember lines at this age. And actually move across the stage. Still, uh, so next, so Reg's uh, next performance with me is going to be a one-man show, uh, no script, no nothing. Um... Funny you should say that. <laughs> yeah, because I found something along the line of a one-man show, where supposedly the actor is a different actor each night, and they come up on the stage and they're given the script. Oh no way. What's yeah. that one called? I looked that I, up now. I forget it. I wrote down the, the name on it's on a piece of paper over there in the pile. Okay, as soon as you find it, send it to me because I'm curious okay. to see it now. I'm really right. curious to see it. Ethan, how about you, man? How was uh like uh what was your favorite uh part of the whole experience? Well, I agree with Naomi because when John broke out of those cuffs and just started <laughs> saying, Hey Dwight, um, I think you should check the and my head's going every which way, looking at John and then turning back because Naomi's talking to me. And then all, you know, next thing I know, I'm getting hauled off stage and John's just dying laughing. Mm. And I'm telling him, shh. And <laughs> it was hilarious. I mean, in a way, if, if you're going to justify it, it's like, you know what? Nicholas didn't want to run anymore. He knew he was screwed. He was like, you know, if he ran, what, what, what was going to happen? You know, like people know he did it. He was, it, yeah. All he would be doing is just running away and sooner or later it would catch up to him. So that's how I, I justified that one. Annie, how about you? Ah, uh, there was a few. <laughs> there was definitely a few. My favorite, my favorite moments from being on stage, like the actual acting part was I think I think my favorite one that like made me get all excited like oh we're putting on a show it's amazing was when Dante was in is the word infiltrating anyway he broke into the house and was going to take out Linda but then the doctor was there and he took him out instead and when he was threatening Linda he started screaming like three two one and I was like, yes, get it, Thomas. You are Dante. It was amazing. I loved that part. Backstage, we were like, yes, Dante. Um, my second favorite stage was more, 
of the stage acting was much more wholesome. I really, really liked having the scene with Reg and Naomi. I love them both so much, and it was so nice to just have a moment on stage with them. I appreciated that so much. Um, and it just showed a little wholesome moment. Like, that whole show was, oh my god, did they do it? Oh my gosh, who did this? What happens? Someone's dead. And then you just get a little moment of, ah, okay, we're okay. It's fine. <laughs> done. Um, we got We got something here. Those are my favorite acting moments. Um, but some of my favorite behind the scenes moments, uh, when we were doing practices at the cafe and when we were doing practices on Zoom, I really loved whatever Reg came on. And like, he's Rennie. He's, he's Detective yep. Rennie, 100%. Live and breathe Rennie. But whenever he came on and he'd be like, Hello, everybody. I'm Detective Renee. Naomi and I would be texting in the background, like, it's Renee! I'm so sorry, Reg, but those are favorite friends. I was like, Reg is gonna, I said, after the show, Reg is gonna have a crazy couple months where he's walking around town, dressed as Rennie with, with the badge, showing around, like, I'm a cop, like, they're Detective like, Detective Renee, and I loved it. I, I the second part off. was, what? I cut them off. <gasps> he twirled his mustache he worked really hard to have a twirly mustache and it looked fabulous it was beautiful and very well done the second was he, yes yeah, he should have kept them wax them cut them off and keep them for the future and then you can stick them back in that's what I did <laughs> oh, <laughs> look at this this is perfect just save your beard guys don't worry about it just just Collect it, build it up, and then the twirl's going to be fantastic. It's going to be I'll, beautiful. I'll do that the next time Frankie gets me to do Renee again. Lovely. Can I add that right now, even though he's muted, I can hear him laughing from upstairs. <laughs> also, there's one other moment that I just remembered. I don't know how it came to be, but on opening night, this wasn't an acting moment, but I, I brought snacks backstage in case some, anybody was hungry or if they needed some, like, Naomi knows. And, and if they needed a drink or just, you know, have have yourself a moment. If you need a snack, eat something. If you need a drink, drink something. I got upstairs right before intermission after our scene, first scene with me and John ended. And I looked over on the couch and I saw Cameron and Naomi sitting there and I was like, oh, man, we did it. We finished our scene. <laughs> I looked over at them. And I had brought a lot of variety. But there was a big bag of grapes, like a full bag of big grapes. They were fantastic. And they were almost completely gone. There were five left in the bag. And they didn't start at the start of the show. I was so impressed that it was gone immediately i got to have like three grapes and it was wonderful <laughs> i think but we finished the, the show. in like five minutes you did it was really impressive i i don't know why that's my favorite moment but i think that's one of my favorite moments to we were just the sitting show there, like, in the dark upstairs like you eating were. grapes like five a time like just we were so you... hungry for those grapes and then sean came upstairs and he was dressed as Dr. Gilbert. And we were like, oh, do you want a grape? And he was like, yes. 
and he ate the grape and i guess it was really good because he started doing a little dance he was like he did he was doing very, a little very dance happy. And he was saying gilbert grape gilbert grape <laughs> gilbert grape and he was wearing a green shirt and the grapes were green <laughs> it just fit beautifully Oh, That's gonna really be his funny. Zoom name when he comes on for his segment. I want to put Gilbert Grape as his name. Please mention it. Oh Please my God! Call him Gilbert Grape. Text me and remind me before I I do his segment. Absolutely, Please. I have to. <laughs> I will. I just want to say real quickly. Um. Uh. Annie and Reg. My favorite moment of you guys on stage is after the whole massacre scene. Dante gets killed. Annie runs in. Oh my God! Is everything okay? We're good. <laughs> That's my favorite. And they laughed. Okay, we heard shots. Like this, there's shit going down. So I added the line, like, "Okay, I just heard a shot. Is everything good?" It didn't make yeah, the good. scene. It didn't make much more sense, but it, but Rennie's just but like, it, "No, it's fine." Chill it made out. sense for Rennie because Rennie's like, "Yeah, my arch enemy's dead." Yeah, I, I don't know about you guys, I'm, but I'm good. I'm chilling. I'm great. I'm the best. That's my favorite. <laughs> Naomi just messaged me, Gilbert Grape. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, John, how about you, buddy? Uh, any 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 moments that really stood out to you during the whole experience? Well, a couple definitely when the the handcuffs came off. <laughs> I was I was like, oh shit, I gotta I gotta do some improv. Hey, buddy, you you might want to put these handcuffs back on. <laughs> oh my gosh! But we made. <laughs> but that 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 just shows how far nicholas came as a character he's like you know what i'm not gonna run anymore he he very easily could have ran he very easily could have grabbed a weapon and and killed someone but he chose not to like that's if that's not character development i don't know what is that's quite a character arc i wanted to make sense it does make sense yeah it does like we're justifying it and i and i think it is justified so guys but as we Owens. wrap up oh what's that oh and uh, another thing of note is my confession i was like yes it was me i killed cliff that that was my uh favorite part to perform oh okay yeah. I, I thought there was something happening like you were smiling i'm like i thought there was gonna be a punchline or something and then i was like oh okay i thought something happened yeah. or something i was like <laughs> no i love that confession because then you you outright i mean uh he's uh rennie's throwing it all, all at you you did this you did this you did this and you slip well lethal force is authorized like you know like and then you basically just go on like oh shit i oh damn it like <laughs> so like kudos to you man and then as i said you know for fooling the audience for that long like that's 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 very impressive so as we wrap up uh this segment here guys do any of you guys have any final words that you like to say to any of our listeners who came to see the show um anything you like to say feel free to say it come back for, again. for entertainment rich has come back tuned. again stay tuned for june yes make sure to like and subscribe <laughs> like <Don't laughs> Don't help launder money. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Don't kill your competitor. Don't kill your husband. Don't do drugs like Dante. Don't do Don't drugs, do drugs. Kids. Don't deal drugs. <laughs> oh, that's better. Free Don't Nicholas. do private investigating. Yes, if if you're gonna private investigate, don't trespass on people's property. Ooh, especially don't get caught. One. Always get tell the yeah, truth. Cool. Be honest. <laughs> Always tell the truth. Be honest. Don't get caught. Don't do drugs. Don't get caught. That's two different. That's <laughs> just Frankie. 
<laughs> well, they're, they're, they're good pieces of advice. I like them. I like them. This episode is my most inspiring episode of the podcast yet. Um, so I just want to say, guys, diving. thank you so much to all of you guys for your hard work and for putting in the time and the effort and just uh, putting on the best damn show we could. The audience loved it. Um, you guys are all still continuing to get great reviews and uh, just be proud of what you've done. Definitely be proud of what you've done. So thank all of you for coming on. You're welcome. Thank, thank you, you for too. having us and thank you for providing a wonderful script and yep. environment to be able to bring your story to fruition. Oh, it's my pleasure. Oh my gosh. And you guys really helped it in so many ways. So, and I'm so grateful for you guys. So we're, we are going to take a break guys, but we will be back with the rest of the cast. But until then, this is Neil Wallace, Naomi Wallace, Reg Saunders, Anna California, Ethan Butler, and John Kingston signing off. Thank you guys. Night. Thank Goodbye. you. Bye. Bye. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, and now here we are. We are joined by uh, a few other of our uh, fellow cast members. Uh, first off, right here to my uh, left or right, depending on, but you know, it, it doesn't matter because it's audio only. So you guys don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Dr. Gilbert himself, uh, one of the killers, I guess you could say, Sean Rule. Hello, I'm uh, I'm Sean. I played Dr. As Frankie just said, I played Dr. Ron Gilbert in the play. And uh, below him, below him is a uh, a man who scared the shit out of not just me, but the audience and uh, just get, <laughs> gives you chills, man. Like it, it, even just talking to you now is scary. Uh, Dante Ross, Thomas Hare. Oh, hello. Uh, beside him, we have uh, someone who had uh, one scene. It was a small scene, but it was it was actually one of the most talked about scenes of the show. From every per every person I talk to, uh, I, I think it just caught them all off guard. Miss Shepherd, Gracie Noman. Hi. And last but not least, uh, as uh, the characters like to refer her as the uh, two-faced bitch, uh, Linda Bartlett, Patty O'Shea. Hey. Oh, not- there. Before we started uh, recording, Patty was like, uh, I'm kind of scared. This like, like, I'm not used to doing these uh, without a script in hand. So how does it feel now, Patty? We're now done the show. Like, is there a weight off your shoulder? How do you feel? You've had, you, you, you had quite a, quite, quite, quite a bit of work to do on this one, as opposed to the first play you, you did with me, where you were just a no, nosy old lady who came on for the end of the play. <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. Um, and crazily enough today, all day, I was going over my lines in my head all day, even though the play's over. So I know, I know them off my heart now. It's sad. It's sad. I know. It is very sad. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, uh, one thing that I thought was so uh, fun to do with uh, this one was uh, doing the whole whodunit thing. So, um, Sean, uh, you were probably, uh, you actually know, you and Linda were the two most voted ones it was it was a three-way tie between you linda and uh julia 
what was some of the uh, uh, reactions when it was, because it's one of those plays where it's, oh my God, like, so, so Sean was the killer. Oh no, Sean wasn't the killer. Like what was uh, kind of the uh, reactions to, to uh, your story uh, in the play? You mean like my my reaction to it or how people reacted to or, or, it? or like a, how people uh reacted like one second they think you're the killer or they're like oh he's definitely the killer oh no he's not the killer they're like oh my god like what was that kind of uh, reaction like there was there was a few yeah there was a bit of that i did have one um jill who was of course neil's wife uh, she found out that i wasn't the killer she was and and when she talked about it on facebook she called she referred to me as the dastardly doctor and i, I think part of it was just um and I didn't set out to do Dr. Gilbert this way, but by the time the play was finished, I realized I was playing him kind of mean. He was kind of a, he was kind of a dick. So I think people, people even without being a killer. And so I think, uh, I think people probably gravitated to him probably as, as the killer, just because uh, he's kind of, he's kind of an irritable jerk, even, even outside. I mean, he did have the tragic backstory, but even outside of that, he was kind of he was a little mean. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I remember like uh, we we were kind of uh, discussing at the start. Uh, you're like, how do you want me to play him? Is he like, is he happy? Is he just like a miserable old bastard? Like, you know, like how how do you want me to play him? And I was like, you know what? Like, you're the one playing him, so it's like kind of like however like as you deliver the lines like however it feels i guess because i mean either way uh it could work he's friendly he he could be just just an angry dude uh but luckily you were able to through playing him for for the last uh three months how do you think in uh because i was actually kind of wondering this too uh because i didn't get this far i mean this is after the play so this is kind of like up to everyone's uh, interpretation how do you think the characters or like the people in that world are gonna remember him because of course he you know he was known as the doctor whose son passed away who got all these lawsuits and stuff uh got back on his feet and then all of a sudden he's murdered in uh in his uh in his patient's home who also who he kind of played a role in his death hat what do you see his legacy as in the play I just hope his wife has a good support system <laughs> her. between her son dying a year ago and her husband getting gunned down in a house and, and, and basically being accessory to murder, like, you know, uh, a year later, I, I, I hope she has like access to counseling or something. I hope or, or insurance, maybe, I don't know. Does insurance <laughs> something. Hopefully you have life insurance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, she'll need it. She will need it hundred percent. But um, I mean, also, uh, you know, speaking of uh, tragic uh, characters and tragic uh, character arcs and uh, just ending abruptly and stuff, Gracie, your character. And I said that I, I said at the top, I said, your scene was probably one of the most talked about in the sense of just how shocking it was in all the years I've been doing theater. I think that was the first time we've ever seen a character actually get shot on stage like that so it was just so abrupt so um uh going through that uh you know because I, I remember one practice we spent like 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 a whole hour just practicing like how do i how do yeah. i fall correctly so going into the show were, were you nervous going into it like i want this to look as real as possible and then how was it afterwards when everyone was a saying you like oh my god i can't believe like what happened you know Oh yeah, I was definitely really nervous at first, like especially opening night, because I was like, oh, what if it doesn't go how I practice, and what if I'm just like nervous because I'm under pressure, but it went really well the first night, so I'm like, well, 
if I did it now, I can probably do it again. And like just hearing that it was a very talked about scene and that everybody liked it, that really made me feel a lot better. I'm not going to try to get too cocky, but. Yeah, not going to lie. You're like, yeah, that scene here, there, you know, the whole play was shit. And then my scene happened and it was the very best. <laughs> yeah. like I saved it. I saved the entire play. You're welcome, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Uh, and <laughs> Thomas, you were the one who pulled the trigger. Like, man, Thomas, like I. I gotta say, man, like this, like, you know, I've worked with you for like over how many shows over the years. And it's oh, like, yeah, I'm always just so impressed by like how, like one second you're, you're like, uh, you know, the, the first play we worked on together was the odd couple where you were the cop yeah. and you were, you were like the peacemaker of the yeah. group kind of thing. Next play, you're my older brother. Who's who's, Oh, who thinks I was baby and this and that, like, like, and then you're a drill sergeant and, and then you're a criminal. Like it's, um yeah i see your face that was yeah. prisoner prisoner of second yeah, Avenue. I, That's I, what that I, was. I, I was going through like are you thinking of brighton beach because that wasn't me and like, <laughs> <laughs> we've done so much together man we yeah. we we've done so much but how was it how how different was dante as opposed to all the other roles that you play because you you you've it's, had quite the range i mean like of course like Toomey and biloxi blues you were the crazy drill sergeant yeah because i was looking i was looking back and i was thinking I've never played an out and out just irredeemable bastard in most in any show really like there's always that tinge where you want the audience to understand why they're like this there wasn't that with Dante it was everything the audience learns about him should be in service of them hating him more and more sounds more interesting to the audience if everybody else in the play is referring to that as two hundred fifty thousand dollars as a lot of money, and here's Dante, who really only thinks of it as a quarter of a million. That's just how he thinks. It's like that money's not two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Oh, it's a quarter of a million. That's how he's thinking about it. And like I remember thinking, when it came to Gilbert's son, um, the idea like I never refer to him as but oh, you're dead kid. And I thought. I think on the second night, I thought it's more cruel if, because he put the money in the kid's account, like, he knows this kid's name more than likely. He just doesn't care enough to use it. So at the end of that scene, when I'm manipulating him, like, I'm going to use your the kid's real name. I'm going to call him Jeremy one time when I'm threatening you. And in my brain, I'm thinking, if the audience picks up on it, they're going to realize, oh, he knows the kid's name. He just doesn't care. He doesn't want to use it. He doesn't need to use it because he doesn't think about him as, you know, he's just, just a cruel man. Just some dead person, you know? Yeah, he's just a dead kid. And uh, like making that change to Jeremy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was cool. I did notice that too. Yes, <laughs> that is correct too. Yeah, would you like to pay a, a, a visit to, to a Jeremy? I said, oh, like yes. reunited with Jeremy. You said, like, oh, shit, how'd you know that? Like, yeah. um. And, and I mean, speaking of not caring about like, you know, what he does or who yeah. he hurts or whatever, uh, well, <laughs> uh, I still think about, uh, cause one thing I wanted to, uh, to, to uh, make sure that was okay. When you kill Miss Shepard yeah. to, uh, to you, it's just like killing a fly. It's just like, you know, it's, it's just it's an inconvenience. Yeah. This is just it's... somebody who I've got to kill. There's less weight on I just killed a person and there's more on fuck I've got to get rid of a body now. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's like, oh, shit, it's more work. And he's kind of like, I didn't want to have to do yeah. that, but I did do it. Um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, at, as I mentioned earlier, tragic characters. I mean, talk about tragic characters. Poor Miss Shepard was just doing her job. <laughs> yeah, right. Poor thing gets murdered. Like, uh, one thing. It, it's, I, it's caught up in a whole mess. It's like, um, it's like Renata at the end. She just got caught up in the wrong mess. Wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. And um, I, I did mention this. I said um, the original draft I had was where uh, Shepard will. Oh, okay, so Dante actually says, it's okay, ma'am, leave. She leaves because Dwight's following them. Dwight uh, brings her to Rennie's house and says, like, tell us what happened in there. And But the more I thought about it, I said, it would make more sense um, in this type of situation where um da- uh, dante had had to use some way to um to just scare the shit out of gilbert to actually say something like i just said yeah. him letting her go is like you know oh oh, oh like that's nothing you know um if he shoots her right in front of him then that would be enough to like holy shit okay now I'm done playing with you. Let's talk. Like that's Gracie. How did you see that? Uh, do you think? Do you think Miss Shepard was dead the moment she uh, that uh, Dante stepped in? Like, do you think he was going to kill her regardless? What do you think? I kind of did. Yeah, I kind of had a suspicion because, like, before we even like finished like the full read of the script, he said like, "Oh yeah, Grace, you're only in one scene, but it's very memorable." memorable so of course i thought oh yeah i'm gonna die <laughs> i kind of knew <laughs> yeah you get to that scene with the criminal walks in your office and you go oh i'm not i'm not living through the rest of this yeah right and like you said it's memorable memorable so i'm like oh yeah well somebody dies it's probably gonna be me <laughs> well especially you're like oh it's a nice friendly scene and then dante walks in pulls out a gun you're like yeah no oh, shit. <laughs> so someone's yeah. not walking out of here alive and yeah. uh maybe it's me i don't know uh so <laughs> but uh yeah certainly was memorable uh uh people are saying that to me a lot they're like holy shit like that that i didn't see that scene coming so uh kudos to all three of you guys for putting that scene together i had goosebumps backstage uh just watching it um and so uh linda uh also kind of a tragic character uh kind of got what she deserved patty where do you stand i mean like you've 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 played this character for three months now do you think she got what she deserved in the end do you think there's any hope for her to get out of jail what do you think with good behavior i don't really think she's as bad as as she looked um you know she's a mother she did what she thought thought was best kind of got sucked into it because of the money but she really did love her husband and um she just went down the wrong road i don't think she's as evil as she had to pretend to be and nor as tough That's i don't know about you i hated the bitch um <laughs> she's she's in an interesting spot because it's fairly clear through the way that that dante talks about her at the beginning originally she was not involved with anything on his end you you get this impression that she knew cliff was involved in you know she knew who cliff was involved with she was fully party to that but originally she just laundered his money and she's and no agatha she christie either yeah when <laughs> yeah. she never interacted with or she rarely interacted with dante 
Yeah, exactly. Like you could tell that they knew each other somehow, but it was yeah. like because especially yeah, Mr. Ross, this and that, and like the way they're yeah. talking, it's like okay, like this isn't their first conversation. Like they definitely had, but like you said, yeah, I mean, she was yeah. more more uh, uh, of an outsider, and Cliff was more of the like uh, getting his hands dirty type yeah, of thing. Cliff was a guy who knew what was going on. When it was just his wife who was also. Hmm? Once her husband died, she had to toughen up and pretend yeah. that, you know, that she could handle it. Yeah. When clearly she couldn't. Once that, you know, safety net of separation got removed, she wasn't cut out for it. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Do you think she gets out of prison eventually? Like, I mean, like money laundering, murder, you, you know, like, uh, maybe, 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 you know, maybe, give it, maybe she can get a good deal. She might, you know, if She's she probably not. gives all the information. Yeah. It's true. She's, She's probably not getting deal charged with murder. I actually wondered that, to be honest. I was like, hmm? how much time would she get? You know, money laundering. Uh, you know, she murdered. Um, you know, she helped, or, or like, uh, uh, what do you call that? Like, like uh, she kind of helped with the whole gang war, getting those people killed. What's that? Uh, Aiden Abet? Is that what that's con- called? Conspiracy, maybe. Conspiracy. Yeah. So all that combined, yeah, she get a little bit of time. You know, well, because that's really the only two things that it would be the money laundering and conspiracy to commit murder or conspiracy to aid in a bed and a murder. That's about it. Well, she did plug Dante. I mean, that's, that's true, but that's, Dante was also she might be able to talk down to white manslaughter in that case. And there's the question of would like Rennie that. even bother? <laughs> I guess that's the other side of it. Would Rennie bother convicting her on that? Because that's true. He probably wants Dante dead too. He's, there's that point where he's like, well, at least I know he's dead. <laughs> that's all that matters <laughs> i think i mentioned that too like uh, uh the alternate ending where where um where um like <laughs> the end of the play takes place in uh, rennie's office and he has uh he turns into a taxidermist and he has dante's head on his office <laughs> that's that's my alternate ending i i was like no that'd be too you know i'd have to go no nah. oh that was never the plan but i just thought how funny would that be <laughs> he's just like yep I got my revenge. He opens up a bottle in his mouth. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, it's just the skull. That's, that's all it that's, is. That's dark, yeah. Rennie turns it into Dexter or Hannibal Lecter or like, who is he? <laughs> <laughs> sequel, sequel. There's there, there's all kinds of ideas. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go, go through all he is. Um, uh, Patty, we'll start with you. Uh, just, uh, you know, just uh, describe, you know, experience on the show. Um favorite moments uh anything that uh like you know maybe i could have done this better could have done that better just whatever comes to mind about the whole experience feel free to uh, elaborate um i would say my favorite moments playing linda were when i stood up to dante and and detective Rennie when i had to pretend i was really tough and saucy that those that was my favorite part um I would like to have seen a little bit more of that. <laughs> I guess because it's so different from what I am like in real life. I would be cowering under the couch in real life. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, that was that was my favorite part. Um, was there another part to that question? Uh, no, just uh, anything about uh, the experience. Just anything that comes to mind. Oh, it was great. I loved it. Um, Best it part about theater fun. is you can be whoever you want to be, you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah no it was uh, it was a lot of fun and it was nice to have a bigger role that i could really sink my teeth my chops into 
Thank you. She went from a nosy old lady to a two-faced bitch. That's, uh, you know, that's quite the... (laughs) That's so funny. I wrote that line and I was like, never thought much of it. And now that's like the only the only line people remember this you guys will remember the show by I'm sure patty's absolutely thrilled with that too <laughs> we even have for uh for those of you guys who don't know we have a group chat on facebook where uh, we're you know scheduling practices and, and stuff and we all have nicknames patty's is two-faced bitch um so uh sean uh how about you uh just how would you describe the journey uh you know the last three months and uh you know just being back on stage again, pl- uh, playing such a tragic character. How would you describe it? It was great. I mean, I loved, uh, I always enjoy the rehearsal process. And one thing I, I do like with your productions, Frankie, is you always have a lot of lead time on it. I mean, I know with theater, you always end up, no matter how much lead time you give it, you always end up at the end just being like, where's the time? You have no time to get everything together. That's just how, that's just how these things always seem to work out. Um and so, yeah, we were scrambling a little bit at the end there, but I don't think that, but I like, I like the amount of lead time he gave and the, the amount of uh, rehearsal time he gave. That was really nice. Um, I liked playing Dr. Gilbert. He was kind of for the opposite reason Patty was saying. I, I didn't stand up to anybody. I was just sniveling and hiding and just every gun pointed at me and just, just, just bursting into tears every two seconds because someone was about to kill him. But uh, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, no, just, just, just a, a, a very enjoyable, uh, very enjoyable experience all around. Um, we had some good crowds and uh, yeah, no, lots of fun. And I like how, how flexible you are too with it because we have the, one of the things that happens with, um, with plays sometimes is, is you don't necessarily have a lot of flexibility with the words, right? Because you're playing, you're paying like a fee to a playwright or to a, to a company with and and they 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 pretty much want you to stick to the words uh you know and and as, as written right but with having the playwright like right there directing it as well as as well as producing it as well as doing the lights and moving the furniture and setting up your you know everything else um you know it's it, it just allows us to be like you know what I, I'd, I'd rather say uh this year i think this line would be you know, we, I think for this character to be more, uh, you know, we kind of workshop the plays really, I guess is the way to put it. And that's, that's a lot of fun too. So. No doubt. And uh, I mean, speaking of, of uh, flexibility on the words, uh, the one that I love from you, Sean, was uh, uh, when we changed the line, oh, that paranoid wreck who looked up uh, her symptoms online, thought she had diabetes. <laughs> and you're like, would it be funny if we changed it to like, like, like one night you said bubonic plague, one night you said, <laughs> I can't remember what, what you said the first night. I was just picking as many, like every time I did it, I was looking for, because to me, uh, specific, like a specific and yet sort of obscure is, is funny. That's just the kind of thing I find funny. Yeah. So I was just picking like as weird diseases I could find. I was picking uh, in rehearsal, I would say like uh, a bloodletting. She was demanding a bloodletting or uh, mm-hmm. she had St. Vitus dance or, you know, these mm-hmm. weird medieval sort of diseases that nobody even talks about anymore. Like, and uh so that 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 to me i i, I thought I, I, I find i find strange things funny sometimes I, i'll say something i think it's hilarious and senior give me this look like and, uh, to me it's funny i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but it works so good because uh people now uh, uh people in today's day and age with the internet and stuff 
we get sick. Oh God, I have a sore stomach. Type it in and you have this and this. You have yeah. like, like that whole diabetes line came from uh, me when I was uh, younger. I had my, my foot was real numb for like a day or two. I'm like, what, what's wrong with my foot? So I, I typed it in. First thing that came up was diabetes. I said, oh my God, I have, I have diabetes. I know I have diabetes. And that's so that's kind of where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right like that's what we're like nowadays like like uh tv and like you know um any you know typing one symptom online i i have a sore throat oh you have uh this you have uh tuberculosis you got uh bubonic plague you got you know every every disease yeah. known to man uh so something that people can certainly uh relate to thomas how about you any moments that stood out to you or how would you describe the experience See, it's weird. It's weird to think of moments because I think my favorite moment might be, I might be the last scene I'm in, just barging in there, and it's always funny you can do that as a, like just take over a scene for a bit as an actor. You're like, okay, now no matter what else is happening, people are paying attention to me on stage, and it's it's fun when you can see that kind of stuff. And I think watching you all panic. Like, I never, that's something that's, I, I don't do that in real life. I don't raise my voice often. I don't get angry in that way. So it's it's fun to just like, okay, what would I do if I was doing this? And it's, <laughs> it, like, that kind of stuff is fun for me. Like, you know that that last scene is intense when me who wrote the thing is backstage, like, like shitting his pants, like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? I'm like, wait, I know what's going to happen. Like when like as soon as Renata, shout, by the way, shout out to, you know, Cameron Anthony uh, and uh, Kyron Crocker, uh, who weren't able to uh, come on today. Uh, shout, shout out to them when Renata gets shot and Patty scream, Renata, no, like I, even I was backstage, like, holy shit. Like the last night was just like the, like the intensity and just everything was just, and then next thing you know, um, Thomas has Sean on the floor. Uh, you'll be scrubbing Dr. Gilbert's brain. Like right there. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. I'm like, wait, I, I wrote the thing. The script's right there. How, why am I like terrified? But it's, <laughs> it's really just a testament to you guys. And uh, just bringing that to life that even I, the writer was like, what's going to happen you know yeah. like that's truly something uh gracie how about you anything that stood out along the along the road i just had a lot of fun dying on stage honestly <laughs> like that's so weird but like it was like so much fun like i just wanted to be like as dramatic and theatrical as possible and i could do that it was always funny practice because basically every time we'd rehearse the doctor's office scene we would end up rehearsing like the second last scene too and you know, fifty percent of the time, Cameron Anthony wasn't there because we weren't expecting him to be there. But you just fill in for so you'd we'd practice and you'd die twice in one night. Yeah, just always dying. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. And then I think one night you you might have read for someone else. I can't remember if it was Holt or somebody. I I I, I can't remember now. But like uh, you were always the substitute, and then a, a, every character who you ended up substituting for would always end up dying Die. somehow. Yeah. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit! Like this is like 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 what is the universe saying here right now? Uh, but yeah, like that scene. Like we definitely wanted to nail mm -hmm. the the. Uh, Miss Shepard's death scene just because we wanted to make it just we wanted the audience to be shocked you know just with the quick just all of a sudden boom boom she's dead and um as I said uh earlier it it became uh 
a very talked about scene in the show amongst uh, the audience uh, and stuff. And so all that all that time practicing the pum fall. Okay, back up again. Do it again, Gracie. <laughs> okay, try it again. And then some days I was like, okay, we're good. And you're like, can we try it again? Like, I'll, I'll, I'm like, you sure? Like, I, I, I don't want to keep on like killing you and making you fall over and over and over again. But you were totally game anytime. Like, uh, like I'd always feel guilty, especially like uh, Thomas, like your death scene. Uh, I, I'd always feel guilty for, for like saying like, can we do it again? Like, I don't want to keep on. Or even when Neil, yeah. Neil dies in the first scene and before the end, he's like, oh, geez, my knee is like, and, and stuff. so I, I felt bad uh, anytime I said like, guys, can we try it again? And you guys were always just like, oh yeah, we'll do it. Like we'll do it as, as uh, many times as you want. And that's just, you know, you guys are the best. You guys really are. I only work with the best and that's who I work with on this one. So just thank you guys again for just everything you've done for the show, uh, br bringing these characters to life, uh, uh, putting and just putting on a damn good show. So pat yourselves on the back for that as well, too. Feel free, you know, pat yourselves on the back. Ooh. There you go. You got <laughs> people listening can't see it. But uh, do you guys have uh, any final words before we sign off or anything you want to say or? Just thank you, Frankie. From me and from us. For letting us do this because it was great really oh of course yes. cliche, but it was. do nothing about a script that's yeah, exactly. yeah. It couldn't happen without you i stole the script online by the way um um i just <laughs> found it uh <laughs> yeah is where i get sued um so yeah, no, yes same, same same for me i didn't i i didn't say it but th thank thank you uh thank you for the uh the experience it was a great experience all around yeah Yes, of course. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll all get to work together at some point in the future again. I mean, luckily, it's a very small town. Uh, so we will all or at some point our paths will cross again. So uh, I very much uh, look forward to doing that. Thank all of you guys for coming on today. Uh, um, it's been a crazy couple of days. So I definitely want to let you guys rest a little bit before we uh, spend a little bit of time talking about it. Uh, so thank you. So thank thank you to Patty, Sean, Thomas, and Gracie. And uh, previously, thank you to Reg, Annie, John, uh, Ethan, Naomi, and Neil. And uh, for the people who weren't here, that is of course uh, Cameron, Anthony, uh, Kyron Crocker, uh, Cynthia Jokes, who uh, was our stage manager. God, God, love her. She she kept everything together backstage. Um, and. Uh, Janine uh, uh, Borchet, thank you. Uh, unfortunately, the poor thing fell ill before the show oh, and was not able to yeah. attend. There's so many people to thank. It feels like a, it, this is an, an Oscar speech, so I'm just going to end it right there. I'll just send people the playbills if they want to read it. So thank you guys for coming on. And uh, yep, yeah, so pat yourselves on the back again. Million pats on the back. Thank you, Frankie. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Yes, of course. So thank you guys for tuning into the show today. We'll see you guys next week. Until then, uh, this is Frankie. Uh, you won't see these guys next week, but I'll be here though. So don't worry. Um, <laughs> or maybe you, you guys will come on. You guys can uh, be my co-host now. I'll crash. <laughs> sure. Anytime. I'll come yes, on. Can, yeah, big... <laughs> I'm down for that. Whatever you guys want to do. I'll be, I'll be the, I'll be the crazy sidekick with the, the sound effects and the prank calls and whatever the it is you do. Yeah. I'll be Conan and Sean can be uh, Andy. We'll, 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 we'll do that. Let's make that happen. Or Jimmy Kimmel and Guillermo. We'll make that happen. Uh, so thank you guys, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. So until then, it's Frankie and the the cast of Death Cause Dearly signing off. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>